Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning. morning. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Heartway, everybody. If it's your first time, you have come At an amazing moment in the life of our community, I feel like there's a fresh wind that is blowing through this community, and it's beautiful to see. Kind of like Mario was talking about earlier today, our roots have been growing deeper, and there's fruit that is beginning to show on this beautiful tree that God is growing, and it's all because of you and your participation and your energy and your effort and your involvement in what it is that we're doing. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff that's coming up. As you heard earlier during the announcements, I want to highlight a couple of things. Next Sunday, we have our men's luncheon. And so I really want to encourage you guys to come, hang out, get to know some of the dudes. We're gearing up and preparing for our retreat, which is coming up in just a couple of months. And these retreats are life-changing. Any of the men who have been to, to this experience can vouch for it and say that it's, it's very transformative, very illuminating and revealing, and also helps you to deepen your connections with other brothers, which we need, because we need each other to be able to do this. Uh, the spiritual journey can get difficult. Not, actually, not even just the spiritual journey, life. But then once you start going down this spiritual path, a lot of people think it gets easier. Sometimes it gets harder, way harder, before it gets easier. <laughs> And so we need people with us on the journey. So I encourage you to go to heartwaychurch.com and you'll see a list of our events on there and you can sign up for the luncheon next week and then hopefully you'll also sign up for a retreat. Tommy in the back by the door, if you raise your hand, has some uh, pamphlets for the retreat that he can hand out to you. And so I encourage you to inquire of him about that, ask any questions that you may have. And then also we have our 5K on March 9th. This is my favorite outreach that we do in the whole year because it's an interfaith collaborative event. So before we all start running, a group of clergy from all different religions and faiths and temples and churches and mosques come together to do a a moment of silence, a prayer. And then everybody runs and the payment that you make to register for this event goes to a scholarship fund to help high school students uh, in Southwest ranches get to college. So what better of a cause can we align ourselves with than this? So also, heartwaychurch.com. It's bright and early, too. And I don't know, maybe this year I'll, I'll run it, too. I'll walk it. I've always avoided it. <laughs> I've always avoided it. I'm not going to lie. You know? So you can come and hang out with me. See, what I say to everybody is, look, while y'all are running, who's watching your stuff? Somebody from the church has to watch your personal belongings. Hello, that's me. That's why I'm here. So maybe I'll be watching your belongings. Maybe I'll run. But either way, I want you there with me 
participating because it's going to be a blast. So anyways, let's get going with today's message. We're in the middle of a series called It's Complicated. It's a series about relationships because everything in life is relational. And today our topic of discussion is forgiveness. So I want us to read this story from John chapter 8. It says, at dawn, Jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. Then the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? And they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. And then Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So Jesus is having a teaching moment with his disciples, which is interrupted by a group of religious leaders who drag a woman before him in accusation. And it's very interesting to me that they jump to this conclusion that this woman is guilty of something without even hearing her side of the story, without even understanding the full context of what's going on, because for all they know, she could have been forced into this situation. But all of a sudden, they bring her before Jesus with judgment, with accusation. I wonder how many of us have been accused by somebody who doesn't know the whole story. Has that ever happened to anybody? <laughs> You've been judged by someone who never took the time to ask you about your experience, what you went through, how you see the matter. What I've come to notice is that people who are very judgmental tend to lack self-awareness. Because if you were truly aware of yourself and all of the skeletons in your closet, you would realize very quickly you don't have much of a leg to stand on in your judgments towards other people. All of us, the Bible says in somewhat archaic language that I think is still useful, are sinners. That's not like a guilt thing. I don't want you to feel this guilt trip because of that. But I do want you to feel this sense that you are perfectly imperfect. But don't forget the imperfect part, especially when you feel this need to point your finger at someone else. Because when you point one finger that way, there's three more pointing this way. Never forget it. And yet there are so many of us who are constantly picking up these rocks, and I know you feel justified in doing so. I know they hurt you. I know your heart was broken. I know they wronged you, but just because you have a rock doesn't mean you need to throw it. 
And so the name of the game for us is forgiveness. There's no way that we can say we're followers of Jesus in this world without forgiving those who have come against us, who have offended us in some way, who have hurt us, who have let us down. The question is, how do we go about doing that? How do we forgive somebody when we've been wounded, when we feel so hurt? I love it in the Gospels when, Jesus asked, uh, when the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray. And he responds by uh, praying a prayer. It's become known as the Lord's Prayer. Many of us know it by memory. And there's this line in the Lord's Prayer that says, Forgive us as we forgive others. Super insightful. I want you to notice the correlation here between the giving of forgiveness and the receiving of forgiveness. It's like this reciprocal flow. That's at least how it's meant to be. God forgives us completely and totally, and it's an unconditional kind of forgiveness. There's nothing that you need to do in order to earn it or deserve it. The forgiveness of God freely flows from him to you, and it doesn't matter what you've done. Every day is a new day in God's sight. Grace is available to you. How could we ever allow that flow to stop with us? It's meant to extend through us into the lives of other people. So there's this parable that Jesus spoke of once about the unforgiving servant. It was a man who owed the king a whole lot of money. And he came before the king because it was time for him to pay his debt. And he didn't have the money. And so he got on his knees and he was begging the king to please forgive him of his debt. And the king somehow found mercy within himself and said, I'm going to clear your debt. Don't worry about paying it back to me. So the man leaves and he's very happy, obviously, because he owed the king a whole lot of money. Next thing you know in this story, that man who was just forgiven of his debt had somebody who owed him a debt. And he decided that instead of being lax with him, he was going to be really, really mean and tough. And he was going to make him pay back to him what was really his. And that man begged to be forgiven of his debt. He refused to clear him of his debt, threw him into prison. And then the king got word of it. And the king found out that this servant who he forgave of his debt was really harsh with somebody who owed him a debt. And the king got mad, ended up throwing him into prison. And then Jesus said, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you do not forgive one another. The point being here, when we don't forgive other people, we imprison ourselves. And God lets us do that. See, there's a lot of us, we want to move forward. We want to move on. We want to continue to live our lives without the baggage of the past, not realizing that our bitterness and our unforgiveness actually binds us to the very people that have hurt us. If you really want to start a new chapter, turn a new leaf. Being bitter and resentful is not the way to do it. In fact, the person that you resent will just become the object of your total, you know, contemplation all the time. To the point where they may become even an obsession to you. So if you want to be set free, it starts with forgiveness. First, it's receiving forgiveness from God to you, then it's forgiving yourself. 
Because those of us who are, who are the harshest towards others are also very harsh towards ourselves. Once you walk in the freedom of forgiveness, you, you have no one left to blame anymore, not even yourself. And if you're not blaming you, why would you blame anybody else? So it starts with you accepting grace, you receiving forgiveness. And then once you got it and once you live in the joy of it, you spread it and you share it with other people. If people are not sharing and spreading forgiveness, that just means they're not walking in the forgiveness that God has offered to them. Because people who know how to forgive also know how good it feels to, to be forgiven themselves. And so it's this reciprocal flow. We forgive as we have been forgiven. God, forgive us as we forgive others. It doesn't just stop with you. If God's forgiveness stops with you, that means forgiveness is really just a license for you to do whatever you want to do. And you really don't understand how this whole thing works. Forgiveness is meant to set you free. Not so that you continue in your same patterns, but so that you change your patterns and begin to live the abundant life that God has offered to you. And then you invite other people into this process. I mean, how much better of a witness can we be of this grace that has filled our hearts than by forgiving other people who have hurt us and come against us? And if I wanted to, I could throw this stone at you and I would be justified in doing so. But I'm going to drop the stone. Because for me to throw it would be so hypocritical. It would be so hypocritical. Now, the thing to remember about forgiveness is that forgiveness isn't something that can be forced. Don't forgive out of obligation. Don't forgive because you have to. In fact, I don't even want you to forgive because you think it's the right thing to do. Don't forgive even because... God told you to do it or out of obedience. Because if you forgive out of obligation, that forgiveness really just becomes a way to repress all the stuff that you're actually feeling. And unless you honor the pain and you acknowledge the hurt that's there, you'll never be able to move past it. But if we forgive just because we have to, not really because we want to, what we end up doing is trying to shove those feelings to the side, not recognizing that sooner or later they're going to pop back up again. I love that in the, in the Greek New Testament, the word forgive can literally be translated as letting be. Letting be. And letting be has a different quality to it than simply letting go in this context. Because, you know, a lot of us, we go through interpersonal conflicts with others. And there may be people in our life who say, oh, just let it go. Just let it just let it go. No, no, no. Let it go can feel very dismissive. Let it go can feel like you're not validating my feelings and emotions. Letting go can just feel like you're belittling the way that I feel. I can let it be even if I'm not ready yet to let it go. I can be at peace with the situation and I can be at peace with the way that I'm reacting to the situation even if it seems to be in misalignment, even if it seems to be out of my character, I can let it be. I can accept the fact that I cannot accept the situation. And that's how you begin to take steps towards your healing. Let it be. But letting it be means you acknowledge and honor all of the feelings that come up when you think about what it is that happened and what it is that that person did to you. I can let it be because I know God has a higher plan and purpose behind everything. Yeah. 
You meant it for evil, but God intended it for good. You wanted this to tear me down, but God used it to build me up. And once you start grasping this, forgiveness, far from being forced, becomes effortless. It becomes natural. It becomes your way of life. Of course I forgive. How could I not? Look at how much I've been forgiven. Of course I forgive. Because I know that nothing anybody ever does to me can distort God's plan and purpose for me. Like the Hebrew scriptures say, no weapon that is formed against you can prosper. And so I'm not going to look back at my past with a whole bunch of shoulda, coulda, woulda. I should have been different. It could have been different. I wish this wouldn't have happened. Now, now the past just becomes a reference point, but it's no longer my place of residence. There's a big difference when the past is no longer your place of residence and it just becomes your point of reference so I don't have to live I don't, I don't have to live there anymore I can move forward I can keep going that's how powerful forgiveness really is it, it breaks it breaks those chains that continue to connect us to the hurt and the trauma and the pain that has been uh, caused because of the difficult experiences that we've been through in our past never forget that forgiveness is a gift that you're giving to yourself. So it can be a really selfish thing. You're, you're forgiving for you, not, not for them. And forgiveness isn't about excusing the other person. It's about setting yourself free. And what is this gift that forgiveness offers to us? It's the gift of clarity. So that I no longer look at the person or situation through a lens that is clouded by my trauma and my woundedness and my hurt and my pain. And I can begin to see people and situations and past experiences for what they really are. But there's a paradigm shift that has to happen in order for you to do this. That paradigm shift is other people don't hurt me. I hurt me. What do you mean by that, Danny? Well, it's not other people that are hurting me. It's me that is hurting me by the way that I'm interpreting and processing and perceiving the things that have occurred in my life. That sounds tough for a lot of us, but it's also very empowering. Because if they're not the cause of the hurt, then that means they're not the solution either. So whether they change or don't change whether they continue in the same patterns or not, there's a way for you to be set free and it's not dependent on that other person's behavior. It's not dependent on their actions or inaction. It's dependent on you working with your perceptions, your interpretations. My favorite definition of forgiveness, it's also very radical and may go over people's heads, but my favorite definition of forgiveness by a woman named Byron Katie, who's my favorite spiritual teacher. She says, forgiveness is recognizing that what you thought happened didn't. That doesn't mean nothing happened. It just means what you thought about what happened, you end up realizing later, isn't the case. 
once you continue to grow and move forward and mature and develop, you can look back at what has occurred and you're telling a different story now. So what I thought happened in the past really didn't happen the way I thought it did. Now I can see things from a higher vantage point. I'm telling a different story. It's not a story that is rooted in victimhood. It's a story that is rooted in faith. I'm telling a different story. Forgiveness changes the way that you remember things. So at one point when you initially went through the pain and you were the victim, you had a lot of things to say about what happened and how bad that other person was. But as you began to practice forgiveness, as you began to allow God to work in you and through you as a result of what has happened, you're able to change the way you remember things. You're perceiving things from a higher vantage point now. Look at how Dr. Joe Dispenza puts it. He says, a memory without the emotional charge is called wisdom. A memory without the emotional charge is called wisdom. Okay, so there is wisdom for you that is embedded in all of the experiences that you've been through. All of the Painful experiences that you've gone through have wisdom for you there. But to get to the wisdom, you first have to get through the emotional charge. You got to sit with the pain and the hurt that's there. And you got to ask yourself, why is this here? And that's always going to take you back to the story that you're telling yourself about what has happened. As you begin to work with that story, ask God to show you a better, higher, clearer way to see the situation. Now you begin to work with that emotional charge, move through it, and on the other side of it, you will find wisdom. So that now this situation is actually benefiting you instead of holding you back. But the key to this perception shift that allows for forgiveness to happen is one really big word, compassion. We need more compassion. And the thing about compassion is, for a lot of us, we only give compassion to people who we think deserve it, people who we think are worthy of it. But think about this for a second. If your compassion and your forgiveness is only given to people that you think deserve it and are worthy of it, is it really genuine? Is it really authentic? Is it really real? What good is it? You're only giving to that person something that they earn. But forgiveness is meant to be given freely. Forgive. Give. It's a gift. You give it. You give it away. It's in the word. You give it away. And plus, who are we to set ourselves up as judges over others to determine when they finally paid enough for the sins that they have committed against us. And now I'll be kind to you. For most of us, our relationships with other people, like our partners, that's, all, that, that's the game that we're playing. They did something that you don't like five years ago, they're still paying for it today. Really. We withhold things from people. We want you to suffer a little bit. And then maybe if you've proven yourself to me over time, I'll be nice and I'll be kind and I'll be compassionate. You're missing the point. You think you're hurting them. You're actually just hurting you. Resentment hurts you. 
It eats you up alive. It creates walls around your heart. It makes you sour and difficult to be around. It taints your perspective of other people. You understand? That's why Jesus said it so well in the Gospels. He says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. This is the difference maker, everybody. This is where Jesus stands out. <laughs> Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Some of y'all are mad at the people who hurt you are flourishing. Sorry, but God makes the rain shine on the just and the unjust. And your turn will come. Just mind your business. Don't worry about other people. If you're worried about the blessings God's pouring out on someone else's life, you're paying attention to the wrong life. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So what does compassion look like? Well, compassion is recognizing that people who are wounded tend to wound others. Right? Hurt people hurt people. So when you tap into that compassion, you're able to see beyond the surface level into the heart. So you're no longer just paying attention to the suffering that's being inflicted. You're able to see the suffering in the one who is doing the afflicting. And because you see their suffering, you're not getting lost and caught up in all the collateral damage they're creating because of their hurt and their pain. No, you see where it's coming from. And so you're able to be merciful to them because you too know what it's like to be that miserable and to cause all that damage to people who you love. You've been there before. You've been there before. See. Imagine with me for a moment, you went to Publix, or how about, let's make this better, Sedanos. <laughs> Imagine you were at Sedanos, you got a little Cuban bread, some eggs, you know, some dulce de leche, and you're walking out Sedanos, you're heading to your car, somebody bumps into you, your groceries fall on the floor, your eggs are broken, the milk spilled everywhere. No more cafecito. Now you got to go back inside. You're late for your next thing that you got to go to. And you just start going off on the person who bumped into you. Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? How could you do this? Did you not see me? Next thing you know, you come to find out that person's blind. What, what, would, what would happen? If you realize that the person who bumped into you was blind, your tune would change automatically in a second. You'd go from what's wrong with you to, oh my gosh, can I help you up? I'm so sorry. Like, can I carry these to your car with you? 
Can I pay you back for all of this? That, that's compassion. See, when you tap into compassion, you realize that people do the things that they do because they're blinded to themselves. All of our unhealthy behavior stems from ignorance, which is why Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so through compassion, you're able to see the innocence in the other. And we're all innocent. We're all victims of our way of thinking until we wake up to who we really are at our core. So through compassion, you come to recognize, well, if I believed the same things that they believed in this moment, if I had the same experiences that they had, I would probably be acting and reacting in the same way. So let me show a little bit of compassion. It's a difference maker. Changes the game completely and totally when you're able to see the humanity in another. We're all humans just trying to figure out what it, what it means to live. And as far as we know, we, we've never done this before. <laughs> right? So maybe, but may, maybe not. I don't remember. So I'm doing this for the first time. So we, let's be kind. Let's be compassionate to one another. So there's a spiritual practice that I like to implement in my life, that I encourage you to implement as well. And it's the spiritual practice of seeing with fresh eyes. Seeing with fresh eyes. God, give me a set of fresh eyes so that I can see what is without all of my judgments and misperceptions overlaying it. Help me to see reality for what it really is. Help me to see people for who they really are. The other day I was walking into a coffee shop and I saw somebody that I know and I had a thought that popped into my head immediately when I saw this person, just in full honesty and vulnerability. The first thought that popped into my head was, they don't like me. Now, I've had enough practice in self-observation and stillness to recognize stinking thinking <laughs> when it comes up. So when the ego offers me up the opportunity to put on that filter of they don't like me, I know better. So because I didn't put on that filter, I was able to smile, wave, and hopefully communicate a little sense of kindness and love despite whatever the past may have contained. But imagine with me for a second that I didn't do that. I see that person in the coffee shop and I think the thought, they don't like me. Now, how do I react? Well, I'm probably going to turn my shoulder, probably going to pretend like I don't even see them, even though it's obvious that they're right there. <laughs> and I would start behaving in ways that would make me very unlikable to them. So can you see how your mind creates your experience of reality? That could have been the way that it went if I grabbed onto that thought and really believed that it was true, they don't like me now, I don't like them. <laughs> and the mind will give you all the reasons why that thought is true. Yeah, of course they don't like you. You don't remember what they said about you? You don't remember that they sided with that person and not you? 
You don't remember all of the all of the stuff that happened, how they switched it up on you, the things you heard about what they said. And now all of a sudden the, the, the wall is up. And so, God, what does it look like for me to see this person with fresh eyes? I don't want to bring the past into the present. I want to allow the present to be what it is. And if we could do this with our husbands and with our wives and with our boyfriends and with our girlfriends, our relationships would radically change. You can't just not deal with the past. Deal with the past, especially if you live with the person, you know. <laughs> you got to deal with the past. But a lot of the stuff that needs to be dealt with is in here. And once you deal with the stuff in here, it becomes a lot easier to deal with it out there. So God, give me fresh eyes. The scriptures say that his mercies are new every morning. So God, may my mercies be renewed every morning towards this person, towards this person, towards this person. And if the memory comes up, of something that happened in the past that was really hurtful, guess what? I want to be able to, to bless the person. I want to be able to pray for the person. I want to use that as an opportunity for me to come to God with my feelings and my emotions and ask him to give me a new set of eyes. The Psalms say that God, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sins from us. There's one scripture in the book of Isaiah where God says, I will remember their sins no more. So you know how we are as human beings. You know, we mess up and then we say we're never going to do it again. And then we do it again. And then we say, no, this time I'm really going to overcome this addiction and I swear I'm going to get better. And then we fall into it again and we start getting into this cycle of guilt and shame and we start coming to God not boldly before the throne of grace like the scriptures teach we come like little worms feelings feeling so so insufficient and so unworthy and God I I messed up again and I did it again would you please forgive me again meanwhile God's saying what are you talking about bro what you did what when huh I remember your sins no more. Some of y'all just came for that because you need to know that when God sees you, he sees you with fresh eyes. And like the scripture says, he sings over you. You are his delight. You're his child. And once you begin to understand the loving gaze through which God sees you, that loving gaze begins to extend into those around you in your life. And so when other people hurt me, when they offend me, when they come against me, I, I don't remember it. God, give me fresh eyes. Help me tap into compassion. Because through compassion, through forgiveness, I'm setting myself free. Always remember, this is the gift that you're giving to yourself. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we open up our hearts and we receive from you the beautiful forgiveness that you have to offer. None of us are perfect, and yet sometimes we judge and blame others as if we are. Humble us and remind us 
that we're all on equal footing before you and that your grace extends to all of us equally. We ask, God, that you give us a higher vision, a higher perspective so that we can look at the situations and experiences of our past with a new lens. Through forgiveness, help us to change the way that we remember, that we may recognize that what we thought happened didn't because what we thought was happening was thinking that was rooted in victimhood. But now we're going to start perceiving and interpreting from a place of faith, from a place of groundedness, from a place of connection and alignment with you. Forgiveness is not something that we're going to do out of obligation because we have to. No, we want to because we know that in forgiving, we ourselves are set free. And through resentment, we imprison ourselves. So, Lord, work in us. Work in our hearts. Give us the strength that we need to forgive. And if we're not yet ready yet to take that step, may you do the work in us that needs to be done so that we can get there eventually. It doesn't have to be now. And it really doesn't have to be ever. But we want it to be now so that we can move on and break these chains and no longer be bound by the things that happened to us in the past. So God, we, we thank you for your forgiveness. May it wash over us now. May we feel the fullness of your love and grace being poured out into our lives. And may you help us to take advantage of every opportunity that we have to forgive other people. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Next weekend, we're back at it again. So invite a friend. Love you guys. Have a good one. <laughs>